a Radio 1 91FM podcast. Monday through to Thursday at 9.05am on the Radio 1 Breakfast Show, our resident political aficionado John Moore drops by to deliver bite-sized politics. From the Octagon to the Beehive, to the White House to the Kremlin, as it happens, here's your political roundup. Morena, John. Kira Koto on this chilly day, and today we'll be looking at RSA angst over Muslim prayer and Brunei's implementation of stoning to death for gay people as well as for transgender women. RSA veterans are set with plans to have a Muslim prayer at Anzac Day service. The RSA is New Zealand's ex-military service organisation. A Muslim imam, basically a priest, had been invited to say a prayer at an RSA Anzac service at Titahi Bay near Wellington. The RSA's move was an attempt to both show inclusiveness and out of respect to the victims of the Christchurch terrorist attack. However, some RSA veterans were less than happy with this move. A backlash against the proposed Muslim prayer has led to the RSA branch dropping the Muslim prayer from its 6am dawn service. Although, of course, we can expect a Christian prayer at that time. RSA veterans felt that the dawn service should only honour New Zealand and Australian soldiers who have died in wars. The Muslim prayer will be allowed at a 10am civic ceremony. Now, this spat over the inclusion of a Muslim prayer points to an ongoing cultural war over the very meaning of Anzac Day. Anzac ceremonies were traditionally defined by staunch nationalism and an endorsement of New Zealand's participation in various wars. However, over the last few decades, the focus of Anzac Day has changed. Anzac Day has become ostensibly more diverse and inclusive. The day is commemorated now by both Conservatives, who wish to honour New Zealand soldiers' participation in wars, and by more liberal-minded people who want to reflect on the negative legacy of wars. However, the attempt to include a Muslim prayer at an Anzac Dawn service has been met with a sharp Conservative reaction. The contradiction with modern ANZAC services has been highlighted with this conservative backlash. Now on to happenings in Southeast Asia. Yesterday the Sultan of Brunei brought into force stoning to death for acts of homosexuality. Brunei is a small Islamic majority nation on the island of Borneo and the rest of Borneo is controlled by Malaysia and by Indonesia. The country is a dictatorship ruled by a sultan. The sultan of Brunei has been well known for his playboy lifestyle. However, over the last decade, Brunei's royal family has, on the face of it, embraced a very strict form of Islamic rule. This has culminated in the implementation of the punishment of death for homosexual acts in general adultery. Now, very few people in the West would know where Brunei is. Myself, I actually lived there for six years and taught at a village school, a primary school, Um, and I have many uh, friends and uh, colleagues, former colleagues, from the country of Brunei. Now, Brunei has very close relations with the West, especially with Britain, and former New Zealand Prime Minister John Key has stated that he's actually good mates with Brunei's dictatorial ruler. The country was a colony of the UK up till 1984 and Britain continued to have a strong military presence in the country. 
Brunei's close relations with Britain does explain the up to now muted protests from Western countries over Brunei's implementation of draconian Sharia law. The New Zealand government, for example, has only made a cautious statement of protest at Brunei's implementation of death by stoning for gays and adulterers. The country's foreign minister, Winston Peters, has called Brunei's homophobic laws seriously regrettable, a rather lame statement of disapproval straight from the diplomatic foreign affairs handbook. And in a nod to the Sultan that relations between New Zealand and Brunei will go on as normal, Peters put his ostensible rebook in the context of New Zealand's opposition to the death penalty. Peters here was indicating that he is of course obliged to make a formal protest to Brunei be because of New Zealand's opposition to the death penalty. However, what is lacking here from the Jacinda Ardern-led government is any strong condemnation and sense of moral disgust at Brunei's implementation of archaic religious laws. And just quickly to put into context, we'll give some explanation of why, perhaps why, the Sultan is, are, is rolling out these very draconian, brutal laws. Um, Brunei, although ostensibly a very conservative Muslim country, most Muslims are moderate, a lot of Muslims drink, uh, uh, you'll, you'll certainly see plenty of flamboyant camp men around in Brunei, and there's quite a predominance of transgender women as well. One explanation for the implementation of these draconian laws is that Brunei is now suffering economically because of lower uh, prices for oil, and Brunei is completely reliant on oil. Uh, Brunei has a, a previous history of rebellions. In the early 60s, there was actually a left-wing revolutionary uprising in Brunei against the British rulers and the Sultan at the time. This was put down by British Gurkha troops coming from Singapore, um, and Brunei has been in a state of emergency since early 60s. Now many are speculating that the Sultan and other royals who are amongst the richest people in the world are very frightened that there could be a possible rebellion from the general population due to uh, the prevalence of widespread unemployment and increasing poverty in the country. So yes that's your roundup for today. Thank you John. Enjoy okay. your Thursday mate. I will. Best day of the week. That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.